Well, good reviews for the Minnesota Vikings last night. It certainly far better reviews for the Minnesota Vikings last night from their fans and from the media. It all made sense with their two draft picks. In fact, they felt like borderline steals. Not so much for the Green Bay Packers, but the Vikings get an A for Justin Jefferson, the receiver from LSU, from Pete Prisco, who grades all the teams right away for CBS Sports. And then at number 31, where the Vikings traded down, they get Jeff Gladney, a cornerback from TCU, and that earned a B. And then there was Paul Charchian, who follows the Vikings at KFAN Radio. He lives in the Twin Cities and, of course, has constructed a fantasy football empire, LeagueSafe.com. He tweeted that the Vikings nailed both picks. They got a potentially special wideout to replace Stephon Diggs and the best cornerback available. And, of course, they picked up two mid-rounders along the way. 12 Picks still to work with for Rick Spielman in this 2020 draft as we head into round two tonight. And by the way, there's the Trent Williams trade thing lingering out there. So a lot to get to with Paul Charchian. It's great to have you back on Sports Talk with Craig and John. Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230, and KWSN.com. I I guess we could just, uh, first of all, address Trent Williams because that's the thing that's already buzzing today. I mean, Trader Rick gets three draft picks from the Niners to trade down from 25, Paul, and it, it feels like he's just loading up to make a big move, and the reports are from trusted Vikings reporters that uh, there, there's still discussions with Washington. Would that be a great idea in your mind? Depends on what you have to give up, John. I think um, if, if, you, if you can avoid giving up anything more than maybe one third rounder, then I'm, I'm on board. Uh, by the way, that was a crow you may have just heard in the background. It's so beautiful right now. <laughs> it's our, your first really nice day of spring, so I'm out on the deck. Um, not nude sunbathing. I wanted to be very Oh, not not it, well, are you wearing a robe? Not, How about a robe? Okay. The, the, the like robe Henry is... Ruggs? Yes. You see Henry Ruggs, who attended his draft party in a robe. It's weird. Yeah, it's fantastic. It was great. Well, it is kind of fantastic. Yeah. I think you're right about that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a new the, trend. The, the, the thing on Trent Williams, is, there's, there's certainly reason for worry he hasn't completed a full season in almost five years um he's uh he's 32 so you know if you're going to give up a third round draft pick you might be able to get a 22 year old left tackle get a decade younger and have somebody that ends up being uh probably not as good but maybe somebody that can hold down the fort and, and be capable for you so there's some risk here it all depends what they need to give up for trent williams and then there's also the big the big grocery job you have to sign him and he expects to be paid as one of the elite left tackles in the league, and the Vikings just don't have much cap room, and I worry it comes down to Anthony Harris or Trent Williams, and I don't know that the, uh, I don't know that you want to, you know, invest as much, again, into a 32-year-old tackle as you would in one of the best young safeties in the league. So there's still some moving parts with, with Trent Williams that, that make me unsure that this is something that's going to happen with the Vikings. Well, I'll just follow up with this. What do you feel is a reasonable haul to give up for Trent Williams? A third and a fifth. They've got two thirds. They got two fifths. I think I could. I can live with that. Um, maybe. A, how about a fourth and a fourth and a fifth? Fourth and a sixth. That sounds right to me. They're day. It's day. I'm more day three guy. I, I don't. I really would like to not give up a day two pick for a team that has so much. Still has so much need. As much as I like those first two picks, still need help. But guard, tackle, corner. They need another cornerback. Um, they need a defensive end. So there's still a lot of need on this uh, on this team, and I'm talking like starting need for this team after one day of the draft. 
Paul Charchian, KFAN Radio in the Twin Cities, the Vikings flagship, also LeagueSafe.com. It's Craig and John here on your Vikings affiliate in Sioux Falls, Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230, and KWSN.com. Then the other follow-up question for the possibility of getting seven-time Pro Bowl tackle Trent Williams, who blocked for Kirk Cousins for three years in Washington at a high level, but that was 2015 to 2017, is, okay, you mentioned Anthony Harris. That's about equal value. I mean, the Vikings are going to have to clear out some space if they get Trent Williams, and Riley Reef would be about equal value as well if the Vikings wouldn't slide him inside to the left guard spot if they do pull the trigger for Williams, or if they do get a new left tackle they expect to start right away. So there's all those parts in place. Uh, what do you think is the best option for all of this? As well, far- yeah, can we, I mean, let's let's start here. Do we know Riley Reef can play guard, wants to play guard? I mean, we'd, we, we'd just arbitrarily go, well, all right, let's just move him to guard. Like, that's, you know, like, that's just a no-brainer. He played a little bit of guard as a freshman in college, played, a, like, a game or two in his first year uh with the Lions, I mean that's it. I mean he's he's just he's always been a tackle, and so we're asking him to play out of position, and we're under the assumption that Riley Reef will be a capable guard, and and maybe he will. I mean talented guy. I think the build is right for it, but that's it's not a sure thing. So, you know, I, I think we we're awfully flippant about just assuming that we can move him to guard and have a solution at guard, and that the guy that we bring in a tackle can can necessarily be an upgrade. I, it's there's still, to me, a lot of moving parts of that, John, that I think people aren't giving enough really weight toward. So I, I, I would rather, I still think, I think there's a, a really, there's a scenario here, and nobody seems to be talking about it. We've been so focused on tackles from the first round that now we're into rounds two and three. There are a lot of good guards that just show up now that grade out in rounds two and three. Jonah Jackson from Ohio State and Natani Muti from Fresno, and there's going to, there's going to be some options. Robert Hunt, uh, there's going to be options in the second and third round to just fill the guard problem, which is the biggest problem on the offensive line. It's not our tackles. We have the two worst start we have the worst starting guards in the NFL. Yeah. So they may they might just go guard and I'd be fine with that. Yeah, people's eyes are definitely more on that left tackle on the blind side. And you think Reef is strong enough, uh diligent enough, smart enough to to move in to guard where you don't have to move as much, but I, I appreciate that point. We haven't really talked about that. A lot of people here in South Dakota wanting to see what the Parkston South Dakota native is uh, about to do next with his career. And we mentioned Anthony Harris, who, uh, like Riley Reef, is about of equal value to the contract of Trent Williams. And so I'll ask you this: if it's Harris that has to be that has to be traded or somehow uh, find a new home, well. How worth it do you think that is for the Minnesota Vikings? How important do you feel he is to the roster? Well, if it comes down to Trent Williams or Anthony Harris, and it might, by the way, mm-hmm. I want Anthony Harris. I want. I, w- I would rather have just the age differential and the fact that he was he was Pro Football Focus's highest rated safety, and this team has got all of these problems at cornerback, and we hope we've solved one of the problems with. Um, uh, with the draft pick that we made in in the first round in um, uh, Justin uh, Justin Gadney, but we don't know that for certain, and we need help in the, we need need all the help in the secondary we can get. So I 
I think I would take Anthony Harris. That's right. that's where I stand right now. Well, let's uh, sink our teeth into those two first-round picks. Paul Charchian, K-Fan Radio, does the football feast with Paul Allen, the voice of the Vikings, every Friday throughout the year, 9 to noon. And uh, it certainly is a lot of fun when they do it during the season when, well, they're, they're congregated with people, which they wouldn't yes. have been possible now anyway. Uh, would, yeah, would that have happened this morning? Would there have been a sports bar uh, gathering today had we not been in the times we're in? I don't, you know, the last few years, for a long time, we did do uh, Buffalo Wild Wings the yeah. day after the draft. Okay. And usually, your first-round pick is there by the time we're done with the show, and he's on site. But the past few years, we haven't done that. So I don't know that that was ever going to be the plan. But it was it was certainly different, John, doing, instead of being at U.S. Bank Stadium on a stage in front of 8,000 people, you're in the studio with... Paul Allen and Ben Lieber, and that's, <laughs> you, and that's it. You lucky guy. At least you got to look at Ben Lieber for three hours. I mean, that's nah, not a bad You could deal. do worse. You could do worse. <laughs> uh, and we got to look at all these houses of all these uh, GMs and all of these players. Yeah. What, what, what was your favorite? Right? What was your favorite? I, good, bad, just what was your favorite that got the biggest yeah. reaction? I think Joe Judge in New, in, in New York, he's the new Giants coach. He's in an apartment because it's New York. If, even, for, even for the head coach of the Giants. It's hard to have any property. <laughs> have a house. <laughs> it looked like he was. It looked to me like he was working out of out of his uh, out of his apartment. But after that, it's our guy, Mike Zimmer, with the with the the elk and a deer head and the elk head and then something else in the middle. And I'm not positive what that thing was. Yeah. Um, and the big fire and the gigantic fireplace. That was that was pretty epic. And the funny thing is, all these people think that's Minnesota, right? It's actually, in his Kentucky home, but yes. people think that's Minnesota because it does look very much like it could be Minnesota. Uh, Vrabel household. Do you think that young man was squatting, or do you? Or do you? What uh, was that? Yeah. How how weird? Yeah. What is what's going on? Yeah. I, the, I don't. The kid in the frozen costume or the, the, the free. What was that? The, what was, that is. Uh, it was a it was a character in the movie The Incredibles. I think it's Freeze or Doctor Freeze. Oh, but the yeah, guy yeah, in the costume right. was not the weirdest thing in the picture. And the Vrabel family has um, decided to release a statement saying that he was like sitting on a stool, not that stool, but a stool in another room. And it was it was all <laughs> it was all a mirage. It was all a mirage. That it, it looked funny, didn't yeah, it? It did. Now, now, who who thinks to bring Uncle Rico to? <laughs> To your draft. That's weird. I know. So, yeah. uh, Paul Charchian joining us. The, I mean, you, you tweeted it. And I just, I haven't really been able to consume anything that uh, suggests the contrary. That it all made sense. In fact, it may have been a better draft than we could have expected in the first round for the Vikings. Let's start with Justin Jefferson because your buddy Paul Allen told us yesterday he wasn't big on a first round receiver. It's a deep class. But there was a guy sitting there who's a top five guy. Um, how how do you specifically think he'll fit with the Vikings, and how immediately? Uh, immediately, immediately, he'll be a, he'll be a week one starter, um, and he's he's pretty special. Universally considered the fourth best wide receiver in this draft, and most people thought that he would go fifteen to Denver, um, or maybe eighteen to Miami, or nineteen to Las Vegas, or twenty to Jacksonville, or twenty one to Philadelphia. And as he kept sliding, and then Philadelphia surprising everybody by going with Jalen Rager instead. At 22, Justin Jefferson was a was a really good value pick. And at that point, the other cornerbacks were interested. There's still a lot of good cornerbacks left on the table. And so Rick decides to go with Justin Jefferson. Insanely productive. Insanely productive. We're talking about a kid 
who had the, I believe I got this right, the most yards, most receiving yards in college football, second most receptions in college football, and now I think it's third most yards, second most touchdowns, and most receptions. We'll go with that. That sounds right. Top three across the board. Yeah. Incredibly productive. Does a great job um, with hands, plucks the ball out of his air, doesn't catch with 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 his body, which is great. His contested catch rate was the highest of any receiver in the class, which I love. And then Justin Jefferson ran primarily out of the slot last year, but played more outside the year before that. But when he runs out of the slot, you know, a lot of slot receivers, John, it's button hook stuff. It's catching the ball eight yards downfield or 12 yards downfield and then hoping something can happen. He's racing to the end zone on, on catches. I mean, he's, they are throwing to him 30 and 40 yards downfield with Joe Burrow at LSU. And he's coming up with those balls. So, a lot of slot receivers really limit the route tree. Justin Jefferson isn't going to do that. And when you've got a strong-armed, accurate downfield passer like Kirk Cousins, to have a slot guy who can threaten downfield really is going to create some mismatches and problems for defense. Will he play on the outside like Diggs as well? Like, is this uh, how comparable is he to Diggs, just skill set wise? Well, Diggs is one of the best route runners in the league, and and while he is a fine route runner, I don't think he compares that way. He can go, he can play outside, but I, I think his strongest spot's going to be the slot, and I think he'll run from the slot more than half of the time. You know, and, and Thielen obviously can run from the slot too. And in, in in a pinch, they could both be slot guys. You could go four receiver sets, run a both from the slot. Um, but I think you're going to see Jefferson run the slot more than you're going to see him run outside. And I think. He's a pretty different guy from from Stefan Diggs. Okay. Uh, Gladney, quickly, because I know we're running out of time, at 31 first round, you probably expect him to start. They need him. But what kind of talent? What kind of talent could we see right off the bat? Well, you'll you'll immediately see that he's not intimidated by anybody. uh, He loves big competition, and he played against against a lot of it. Um, He would always get the opposing team's best receiver. He'd play both sides of the field to shadow whoever the opposing team's best receiver was. He's not a big guy, but he played physical. And if he adds seven pounds of muscle, yeah, I think he could be he could be really, really strong. He plays the press a lot, so he'll be up at the line of scrimmage jamming. And when he the best part about Gladney's game is downfield, he was awesome. Nobody would shake him downfield. He had Pro Football Focus's best downfield. Uh, rating for the of plays of 20 or more yards downfield and the completion percentage on passes in his coverage downfield was only 40 percent so it's um he's going to help that way a lot and, and glad he's going to be a uh, it's going to be an immediate starter by the way i'll also mention of note uh when we talked to rick spielman on kfan this morning he said had the vikings held their pick at 25 they would have taken jeff gladney and instead they moved down to 31 yeah. and they still got him yeah, yeah. And, and there's my dog. Got everything they wanted. Well, last one real quick. Your co-host on the Friday Football Feast at KFan, Paul Allen. He's a he, well. He's not so much saying he's a fan of Antoine Winfield Jr. as a safety and as a nickel for the Vikings, but he appears to be a Mike Zimmer sort of player. So, guy who I mean, the Vikings have it at 58. I think it would surprise all of us if if he would be still available at that part at that point, and we know Rick has a lot of trades, uh, a lot of picks to trade with. How do you feel about that being a possibility or just as a concept? I just don't think it's going to happen with, uh, unless they've decided that they're going to move on from Harris. There you go. Um, if, you know, if they decide to go Trent Williams, and that means they can't sign Harris to the money he wants, then Winfield's in play. Um, but as long as they've got Harris and, and, and Harrison Smith, I, just, I, don't, I, think I just don't see where the Vikings 
have enough need that they that they take Winfield when Winfield could be one of the first five players taken uh, tonight. Right, so, right. Yeah, I just I I don't think the need is going to be strong enough to, for them to make a move to go get him. Charge, really appreciate your time today, especially as you've mentioned, you did eight hours of radio in the last sixteen <laughs> hours. So, uh, thanks for winding it down with us. Exciting time. Let's uh, let's see how this pick fifty eight goes. I, I, I assume they're going to move up, and it, there's going to be a lot more action, and a lot more movement. Uh, A lot more movement today than there was yesterday across the board. It's going to be a lot of fun tonight. A lot of drama will unfold.